Hi everyone, I am Trace, compulsive eater and food addict and because this is just an audio recording, none of you saw the shocked look on my face as I was not aware that I was sharing today and for those of us in Australia, ID Day, International Day of Experiencing Abstinence was yesterday and for those of you in the US, it is still that day for you. So um, obviously my focus will be on abstinence but when I first came into OA, which was just short of two years ago, I'm 11 days away from two years in program and two years of abstinence. So that you know that I am truly one of you. When I arrived here, I was a hundred and something pounds bigger than I am today, which is 50-ish kilos here in Australia. I was close to, or just over 300 pounds and I'm also six foot tall. So I genuinely filled doorways. If I was standing in the doorway, you weren't getting around me. That's how I felt, like a big block of a person in the world. So that's who I was when I got here. I couldn't have told you anything else about me other than I was fat and angry and I had nothing to offer. So when I arrived here to get whatever magic potion or pill or diet OA had to offer, I was so excited with the word abstinence because my brain just went, that's a diet. I was a master dieter while I was dieting. I can restrict and starve myself with the best of them for very short periods of time until that moment when you go, I can just have a bite of or a taste of or, hey, it's a Tuesday and I feel sad, I can have cake just today. And then the diet would be over and the binging and all day, all night eating would begin, the weight would all come back and then the cycle would start again. So arriving here and being told that I would make a list of foods and not eat them, I went straight into diet mentality and perfectionism because they are huge parts of my disease. And I was going to, I remember saying to my sponsor that I was going to be the best sponsee that she'd ever had. I was going to have the best abstinence that anyone had ever had. And I was just going to be the best newcomer. I was going to be in meetings and everyone will be talking about this amazing newcomer. Like we've never seen anyone like her embrace this program. And all of that in my head didn't feel like the disease talking. That was sane thought to me. So I followed my abstinence plan, nearly sent myself insane sticking to what was essentially just another diet because I wasn't initially working the steps at the same time. I was treating it like a diet just don't eat these foods and eventually the weight will come off. And then I didn't really have a plan. The weight would come off. I'd get to leave away because I wasn't staying. And magically I would be happy and my life would be better because I was at a healthy weight and I looked good because that's all I'd ever thought my weight issue was that I just looked bigger than other people and I was genuinely an angry, rageful person, but I just thought, you know, that's who I was. 
And I wouldn't be so rageful if my husband wasn't such an idiot and thought before he spoke. That's what I thought coming here. I didn't come here to change my life. I didn't come here for a spiritual awakening. And I still have a hard time with that word. I didn't come here to build a relationship with a higher power. I didn't come here with the thought of, gee, wouldn't it be nice if there was a day when you didn't look in the mirror and hate everything about you on the inside and the outside? I didn't come for any of that. I came here to get thin and leave. So I went about my abstinence plan and I have been abstinent from my first meeting because I had a lovely lady that just said in that meeting, write down a list of foods that if you had one bite of them, you wouldn't be able to stop. And I kind of laughed and went, well, that's all food. I mean, I've binged eat, eaten plain white rice because there was nothing else in the house. I've eaten enough carrots that I literally sent myself orange and had to go to the doctor to find out how you reverse turning yourself or it turns out stop eating carrots that wasn't an option because I was on a carrot diet so I spent months being orange so it was such a foreign concept of this abstinence being a list of foods that you couldn't stop with one bite and she just said to me take out the heavy hitters if someone said to you here's fifty dollars go into the store buy whatever you want, sit down, it's guilt-free and enjoy. She said, what would be what would be on your list? So I wrote them down and they, they were your classics, potato chips, crackers, all of that. And then she said, just don't eat them. For me, how long for? Just today. Okay, that seemed doable. And she said, and when you wake up tomorrow, you look at that list and you commit to just for today, I won't eat them. So that's how my journey started with these very, back then, very small list of the, the heavy hitters of my binging. And I did that day after day and it was not easy. It nearly broke me but I had nothing else to hold on to. And I knew that if I broke my abstinence in those first few weeks, I was not going to stay. And there was something driving me at that point that I knew I had to be here. I can now with an open heart acknowledge that was my higher power. That was for me, my higher power is the universe. That was the universe anchoring me to this program. Back then, I just thought it was dumb luck that I had stumbled into a couple of meetings where these very lovable, yet ever so slightly crazy people seemed to have a lot of time for me and a lot of affection for me. And they kept contacting me, sending me messages, sending me emails, giving me links to other meetings that I could go to they're a huge part of why I stayed because I genuinely thought if these people like me and they don't know me, maybe there's something to this. And if they are crazy and this is a cult, 
they look pretty happy and most of them are at a healthy body weight. So how bad can it really be? So I stayed, I kept going to the, those first meetings. I still attend one of those. It's the Western Mass Newcomers meeting. I still go to that meeting almost two years later. And it's now funny to me that I am one of the more experienced people at that meeting because when I arrived there, I still very much feel like the newcomer because that's where I grew up in OA. It was a meeting that genuinely taught me what recovery could be. They taught me what service is and they genuinely taught me how to love myself. So I kept coming to meetings. I got a sponsor. I kept being told that you hear something in a meeting and you ask someone and I made lists of people that I thought would be the perfect sponsor and I would make notes each meeting and then sit down with it and analyse it. It never occurred to me to ask a higher power for guidance. No, no, no. I'm in control. I know what I need. And then there was a meeting, a lady that had been on my list from the first time I ever heard her speak. We got to the end of the meeting. We were just doing parking lot, having a little chat online, and she swore. And I went, oh, my God, that's my lady. Because I knew I needed someone that if I was having a bad day, I didn't have to sugarcoat my day. I didn't want to have to ring someone and go, oh, it's a bad day. I wanted to be able to genuinely ring someone and go, this is all fucked and I'm out of here. Now, I have never had to ring her and say that, but I knew I needed to be able to. And she swore. I hung up from that Zoom meeting, rang her, asked her to be my sponsor. And without hesitating, she said yes. She first asked me if I was willing to do anything that was necessary. And I said, yes, I now acknowledge that was a lie. I wasn't, I thought I was, but I only wanted to do what I was comfortable to do. I still work with that sponsor today. I adore my sponsor. I have never said she is a perfect sponsor, but for me, she is the perfect sponsor for me. She has never told me what to do. She has only ever guided me with her experience in this program. And what this program has taught me is that abstinence for me is not just about the food. It is a huge part of it. As my sponsor says, it's all about the food and it's nothing about the food. And when you're in the food, it is all about the food. It's all I could see. It's, it was all consuming. My abstinence was my sole focus initially because it still burnt with that compulsion because it was food. I was abstinent, but I was still food driven. And then I started working the steps and listening to other people in this program who talked recovery. They weren't sharing in meetings, talking about how hard it is to walk away from food or God, food's loud today, or gee, I wish I hadn't just eaten whatever it was. I was listening to people talking about these fundamental changes in who they are as people. And that's when it clicked. I just had to be willing to do what these people were telling me worked for them. 
put down the food and work this program like my life depended on it. And that's what I did. I got told to make phone calls. I resisted that for as long as I could because I was never going to ring people in program. I still resist it. It's one tool that I still struggle with, but I do it every day. I pray on a daily basis, not just a dear God, please make my husband not say stupid things. A genuine heartfelt connection that is full of gratitude for the life that I now live. My abstinence is still staying away from compulsive food eating and also for me, compulsive behavior. So I only eat three meals a day and nothing in between. But my abstinence is so much more than that. Because yes, I am a compulsive eater. But the truth is my sentence could just end with I am compulsive. There is not an aspect of my life that this disease does not affect. And I had never acknowledged that until I got abstinence and some recovery in this program. Because I just thought I was this overweight, rageful person. That was who I was. And it turns out those two things are just part of a disease. They're not who I am. And this program is teaching me how to live an abstinent life in all aspects of my life. If I'm doing something, I'm all in. Whatever it is, I've recently job hunted and apparently it is not overly sane to send out 150 resumes in three days. But that's how I did it. I worked around the clock. If I'm getting a tattoo, I'm not getting one tattoo. I've got whole legs and arms that are tattooed. It's... I don't do things by halves. This program is teaching me balance. I was black and white. My defects were my defects. They were black. They were nasty. They had to be replaced with these white, angelic, beautiful traits. This program is teaching me to live in the grey. It's finding balance. Anger is an emotion that's a healthy emotion when it's in balance. I never thought I would have a balanced life. I never, I never thought I would be able to, and this happened the other day, uh, a memory on my phone came up. Now that's a blessing and also a curse at times. But this photo came up of me 12 months ago, a photo I took of myself in a dressing room, sending a friend a photo of me in a dress going, oh, I don't think I can pull this off. It was quite short, quite fitted. I can't wear stuff like that. She talked me into buying the dress. This memory came up and I went, oh, you don't look half bad in that memory. Same thought, insane reaction. The dress is hanging in my cupboard. I came upstairs to make sure that dress still fitted and it did. I've never had that my whole life. I'm nearly 50 years old. I've never been able to go to my cupboard from one year to the next and put the same clothes on. I've never had calm, sane reactions in situations. I've, I go from, well, I did go from naught to 100 with anger that was insane anger for no reason. 
then people in this room will probably laugh. And anyone that's heard any recording, run, my husband and a cardboard box that he put in the wrong spot in our laundry would have nearly killed me two years ago. I would have burnt my marriage to the ground because the man put the box in the wrong spot. Did he know it was the wrong spot? No. I know it's the wrong spot because it's the wrong spot. These days he can put that same box in the wrong spot every week, mind you, and I move it to the spot that I like it in. It makes no difference to him. The difference is as humorous as it is that a box nearly pushes me over their edge. That's what my life was. Small little things happening that would spiral my life. Someone cutting me off in traffic. Well, now I have to go home and binge eat three pizzas because that's what sane people do. My life was just me jumping from one catastrophe to another that, let's be honest, most of them I probably fueled and created myself because I loved the drama. I loved the anger. I loved an excuse to be able to eat and be full of rage. This program has given me the gift of abstinence and believe me, that is a gift that I hold sacred. The weight loss is just a byproduct. That's a nice little, hey, and by the way, I'm at a healthy weight. The gift this program has given me is I am living a life better than I had ever thought possible. And one of my favorite things about it I get to do it in rooms full of people like you who get it. You understand me in a way people that have known me my whole life don't understand me. And I get to be in rooms where I feel seen and loved. And for that, I am so grateful because that's a gift that I never thought would come from this program. I was going to get in and get the hell out. And now I think, God, I hope I am one of those people that is saying, I've been here 12 years, I've been here 22 years, gee, this is my 25th year in program because you're all stuck with me because this program is a gift I am grateful for every day. And with that, I've gone way over time and I'm so sorry. But thank you so much for letting me share about the gift of abstinence. <laughs>